I have practiced gratitude and positivity is something that I done that for such a long time. No matter what it is that happens, I generally can pull the positive from it. And one of my biggest things is, you know, don't stress over things you can't control. But that's taken years to get that mindset. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for the latest edition of Courageous Conversations. And I have got Danielle Boyd with me, who is the General Manager at Wisebury in Taree. How are you, Danielle? I'm wonderful, Leanne. How are you? Yeah, I'm awesome. Thank you. I need to talk to you about your timing in moving to Taree. What is going on with that? Tell me about that um, when you arrived in Taree. Look, it's really funny because I got offered the position in Taree and I did say to a lot of people, you know, I can't wait to move. I can't wait to make waves in Taree. Turns out it wasn't the greatest thing to say because I actually arrived right on the floods. Um, so I don't <laughs> probably should have picked different words. Yes, um, absolutely. Absolutely. So <laughs> like literally you were, you were driving up there. Your removalist was on the way. What happened? Yeah, I um, got the removalist to bring all my stuff up to Tyree from the Central Coast on the Friday and I was coming up on the Saturday and I had a couple of messages saying, just drive safely, there's a lot of rain. Turns out we actually followed a lot of fire trucks up from the Central Coast from um, Doylston and YE. So there's all these names that were familiar. I'm like, oh, this is good, you know, local people going to yeah. the area. No, we got to Tyree Service Centre and got turned around. We couldn't get in. It was just completely flooded. Oh, no. So so when you finally got to Tyree, I can imagine how, how did your, well, where you, the house you were moving to and, um, and the office that you were starting in, how did they both fare during the floods? I was lucky enough that the house I was moving into was fine. Okay. Um, office itself went under. Um, so the day that I actually got here, I stepped foot into this slush and mud and I had about three or four fireys step in right after me, not joking. I had just pulled up and I walked in and I've looked at this office and I didn't even know where to start. And I turned around to walk out and here's these fireys that have just gone, do you need help? And they went through all the local businesses and just helped everyone rip out carpet and furniture and it was look given the timing of it all it wasn't great but it was absolutely amazing to see the spirit through the town yeah yeah I bet we've got a, a Lang and Simmons office as you'd be aware in um, in Tari and I got lots of photos from them as well I don't think any of us that haven't been through a flood and the same would be said of the bushfires that um, that we also experienced last year we don't really get it you know, our city slickers, if we haven't been through something like that, we don't really understand the impact. That is right. You know, being on the Central Coast, we did have the fires. Yep. So I think once you go through it and then you see another town go through it, you really feel it. Yeah. But to walk into a new town, a new community through that time, um, it was something special, I think. Yeah. It's it's definitely made you open your eyes and, and meet a lot of people and, you know, everyone just 
you know, rolled their sleeves up and helped everyone? Yeah, it was probably actually, you know, in a, in a strange way, it was um, probably a, a not a bad way, right? The community spirit, everybody got to know each other really quickly. As Tom Panos always says, um, some of the best gifts come badly wrapped. Yes, yes. I love when he says that. It's one of my favourite ones, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me about you. You've got, you had an interesting start into real estate. What motivated you to get into real estate? I struggled to get a rental property at a very young age and I was going around to a lot of inspections trying to get a property, didn't have any history, uh, rental history. So it was really difficult and I was young and I didn't know much, you know, life skills or anything like that. I would have been at 17, 18 and it was just really tough. And I was one of the fortunate ones that was lucky enough to get a department of housing unit at Wyong. Once I had finally gotten into that, I just went, you know what, I want to be able to help people secure accommodation because it's just so difficult. And that's that's exactly where it started. I got in, I got settled, I signed up to TAFE, I did my certificate for in property services and I went around to every agent in uh, on the coast with my resume to try and get into the industry and I didn't stop until until I got in. How do you keep on going when people are saying no, 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 no? How do you motivate yourself to knock on the next door? Uh, when it's what you want, you're going to go for it. And that's just yeah. what I did. And it was, I'd drop my resumes in and then I'd phone them and then I'd wait a week or two. If I didn't hear anything back, I'd go and do it again. And I'm sure there's lots of local agents that would be like, here she is again. Oh, but I was determined. Hell. It's what I wanted to do. <laughs> That's amazing though. I've always, um, yeah, I have a lot of respect for people that are uh, brave enough to do that when they're looking for a job because that's what we want our real estate people to be able to do, right? Just front up and um, be able to sell themselves and um, take the most, take opportunities and keep on going in the face of rejection and stuff. So I think it's a great, yeah, it's a, it's a great story. Yeah. Now you also have had a lot of health challenges in your, um, in your life and a lot of people telling you, what you can't do, right, rather than what you can do. Do you Are you comfortable to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at the age of 13. What does so, that mean for people that don't know what Crohn's disease is? Crohn's disease is a, a inflammation um, of the bowel and your digestive system. So it Crohn's itself affects anything from your mouth your whole way through. It, your body just attacks itself. It's... Um, it was scary at 13, not having yeah. any idea what was going on with my body. Yeah, right. And I think at 13, that age alone, you, you don't really know what's going on. So 13, here I am, um, you know, one minute, fine. Next minute, I was, had, I'd was i lost 13 kilos in a matter of a week. Oh, wow. Um, admitted to Westmead Children's Hospital, undergone all these tests. So in and out of hospital, uh, found out it was Crohn's disease. And then three years later, they couldn't control it. So they did everything they could. I was trial drugs, chemotherapy, uh, all different types of things. Wow. Yeah, first child in Australia to, to trial chemotherapy for Crohn's disease. Did it work? It worked for the 18 months that I had the injections of it. They have changed the way they do it now. Um, but once they had to stop it, it just it didn't work. Yeah, right. So for those three years, I didn't really have much of a life because they were just... I was going to say, sometimes the treatment sounds like it's worse than the actual 
or just as bad as the actual yeah. disease, right? That one, yeah, that one was. It was being the chemo, you know, three days a week, you were unwell. And then by the time you'd start to be okay and you could eat again, you know, you're in for your next injection. So it wasn't at that 18 months. I was trying to go through high school and, it, yeah, it wasn't a way of living, especially yeah. that age. Yeah. And then it got to the point at 16 I was, uh, the doctor came in and they basically just said, you know, there's nothing else that we can trial on you. There's nothing else we can do. We do need to operate. We have to go in and take your whole large intestine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. So they went in, they did that. So that resulted in getting an ileostomy bag. Mm -hmm. So that's something, it just sticks to your, you know, the front of your, your, your stomach there. So plenty of scars, the bag, a lot of self-confidence issues oh, that obviously imagine. come with that at 16. Yeah. Wow. That is, it's actually hard to imagine how that would have impacted you. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's something that I dealt with for a long time, actually. I think I just kind of went from, I don't really have a life to, okay, now I do to then becoming a bit more of an adult and going, all right, now I want a career. I want to, you know, grow up and, and start to move forward. And that's where you start to go, well, to do that, I need to learn to live with this, deal yeah. with this and accept this. But it definitely wasn't something that come easy or soon after the operation. So how do you go through that acceptance? It. It was hard. It yeah. was definitely a journey. It's not something that you wake up one morning and go, okay, this is me and this is just how it is. It taken. It took a couple of years. Um, I think relationships and people in your life help too. Yeah. Because obviously you're so self-conscious of your own body. So to have someone go, there's nothing wrong, you look fine, Yeah. definitely helps. But just learning to accept it um, would be, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be alive. Yeah. That's it. And, you know, like Tom Penosa, some of the, you know, those kids come poorly wrapped and that is one of them. Yeah, okay, you might look at my body and it's not what we call perfect in magazines, but I'm alive. The, the truth about that is even, the, mag even the, the bodies in the magazines aren't actually perfect in real life, let's be honest, right? It's just that story that we get fed, as particularly as women, but blokes get it too. Um, yep. So, yeah, good attitude. I like it, Danielle. Yes, yeah, so um, I think that's what helps. And along the journey too, you know, I've met a lot of people in and out of hospital that you fought for their life and didn't make it. So, you know, you become friends with people that aren't here, that were waiting for livers or kidneys or yeah. things like that. So when that happens and you go through something like that at any age, yep. I think to wake up every morning is a gift alone. So I'm, I'm hearing um, that gratitude might play a part in your mental kind of journey. Is that right? Absolutely. I practice gratitude daily. Do you? Um, what does that look like day. for you? I wake up um, every morning and the first thing I do is I send a text message to my girlfriend and I tell her what I'm grateful for for the day and she'll text me back the same thing. Oh, nice. And we have done that for about three years now. Why did you start? I, honey, I was reading a book um, and she said in the book, her and her partner told each other three things I was grateful for every day. So at that time I was in a relationship. So I said to my partner, you know, can we do this? I'd really like to do it. And it pulled me out of a mindset that I was in at the time and it really helped. So when I went through that separation with him, 
I said to my girlfriend, look, this might sound a little bit crazy because it wasn't something that I shared with anyone. It was just a personal thing that we did. Yeah. I've gone, this is what we used to do and it's helped. You know, can I do it with you? It'll just be one thing that we're grateful for, not three. Yeah. And three years later and it's stuck and you wake up and <laughs> without, without a fail, the first thing I think of when my alarm goes off, what am I grateful for today? Wow. That's, yeah, that's really powerful. I mean, I know lots of people that do practice gratitude, but, but to have it as the first thing that you think of um, just sets you up for such a great day, right? It really does. You don't wake up and go, oh, you know, I've got to go to the gym. Or, oh, I've got that appointment today. Oh, you know, I better pay that oh, bill today. It's just yeah. things that they don't cross your mind. And though work doesn't cross my mind, I've got my morning routine. So, you know, I do my grateful, I make my coffee, and then I'll read a couple of chapters of my book. And then once I've finished reading, then once I start getting ready for work, I'll put a podcast on. And then that's when I start to think about what I've got on that day. But for that first hour, I don't think work. I don't think I have to that's do this. Amazing. I have to do that. That's amazing. I have to start doing that because I'm it one of those great. terrible people. As soon as I wake up, I start thinking about work. Yeah. And there are times where you do like there is, you know, what it's like, it can be quite stressful with work. So you wake up and you're like, oh no, like I really have to have that conversation today or, and it kind of puts you in that mindset for the day. You read a couple of chapters of a book? Yes. Why do you do that? Um, I love reading and I find my morning, if I get up and I do my gratitude, I do that. It's just a nice ease into the day. Rather than a nighttime, I know a lot of people use it at nighttime to switch off, but I do it the other way. I use it to set my day up and I feel like I take it in a lot more of a morning. Yeah, it kind of, I feel calm just talking to you. I feel like you got, I do. And I don't feel calm very often. Um, I feel like you, you do set your day up in a really calm, deliberate way because you're choosing the things that you're doing rather than like most of us running around like a mad thing. Yes, I, I shared my um, morning routine with a um, bunch of girls the other day that I met and they all just looked at me and went, oh, wow, like how do you do that? Yeah. And a lot of people say it if I do share that that's what I do and I'm like, I am in a position where I can, you know, I wake up, I don't have little ones running around on my feet. No, yeah, true, anymore. yeah, exactly. So it, yeah. it is easy for me to do it sure. and because I've done it for so long now. But too. you know what, Danielle, it's easy for you not to do it as well. You know, yeah. just be, yeah, just be, uh, yes, it is easier because you don't have kids. I completely get that. But it's still, um, it's still a routine and a habit that you've had to develop and maintain. Yeah. Sounds like it's a my nice, favorite part of the day. Yeah. So you've obviously had a lot of, um, a lot of tough times in your life, particularly around health. And also, sounds like you were out on your own at a very young age. Um, when things get tough, what are the tools that you use to change your perspective? I have practiced gratitude and positivities. I've done that for such a long time. No matter what it is that happens, I generally can pull the positive from it. And one of my biggest things is, you know, don't stress over things you can't control. But that's taken years to get that mindset. It is all mindset. And it's something, again, you know, you don't wake up and it's just changed. You have to do it daily. And I think, you know, practicing gratitude daily and thinking you're seeing a situation going okay you know well this isn't great but you know this is good from it yeah that's it's all yeah it's all mindset and so I mean I um I used to get called Pollyanna um by some of my franchisees when they first met me a long time ago because I could 
I, I can see the good in everybody. And I know um, even, even the most difficult business owner or real estate agent, I, there, is a, there is good in there and I, can, I would choose to focus on that rather than the, the negative. So how did you kind of teach yourself to do that? I think it's been something that, I mean, we've all had our ups and downs. I've had my health, uh, you know, you've, everything else, obviously relationships. So I think once you start to kind of go through those things and you come out of it, you start to be able to develop different ways of seeing things and looking at things. Yeah. Um, I've been very lucky to my network. I'm in uh, Wisebury Heritage Group. We've got really good mentors. So there could be a day that, Trust me, not every day I'm like this. I'll have days where, you know, I need to go for a drive because I feel like I'm about to explode. Um, But I'll do that in private or I'll call a mentor or I'll call a friend. And and that's just what we do, Um, especially, you know, the managers and leaders that we have in our teams that, so yeah. you've got a formal mentoring program at um at Wisebury? Is that or it's an informal program? It's probably more informal. Yep. Uh, we there is formal, but there's informal as well. We've got a bit of both. Yep. Um, we're very lucky enough that we do have such a large group and we all connect very well. Right. Um, a lot of my mentors um, are probably one of my greatest friends too, actually, within the group. So. Yep. Yeah, we're very lucky with the support that we have around, but you also need to know to pick the phone up and call someone if you do need Well, that's it. the thing, right? There's a lot of people that are part of groups that don't actually, you've got to be prepared to be vulnerable and to kind of let people know that you don't have all of the answers and not everyone's prepared to, to do that, right? That's right. If you don't pick up the phone um, and I could just call one of them and I could be on the phone for about two minutes and just let it all out and then they turn around, you okay now? Yeah. Fine. <laughs> they might not have an answer, but they've listened. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. So, what do you look for in a um, in a mentor? Connection straight away. I I don't look at what they achieve when it comes to you know targets and figures and commissions and things like that. Sure. I look at them more as them as a person. Yeah. Um, how they handle themselves, uh, what it is they have outside of life. Um, a couple of my mentors at the moment within the group are married with children and I get home some days and go, I don't know how you guys do it with a husband and children. Like I yeah. I struggle doing it with just me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just more their personal life as well, I think. Yeah. And why do you have more than one mentor? Because I pull different things from all of them. So depending what it is that I need, it will depend on which person I call. Yeah, that's smart. And Absolutely. Especially the, you know, when I know I need to be told what I don't need to be, like what I don't want to hear, I've got those ones that I call to. I'm like, yes. I just need the hard truth right now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. A coach that I used to work with in my business, Dave, used to say, I can tell you what you want to hear or I can tell you what you need to hear. Um, yep. And, yeah, you need to be, you need to have people that you're prepared to have those hard conversations with, right? Because And good on you for being prepared to have those conversations because not everybody is. I think when we get told those things that we don't want to hear, I, mean, I always see that as a positive. If there's something that someone can tell me that I can improve on, I'm happy to hear it. It's the only way that we grow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, just a couple of questions before I let you get back to your day. Um, you believe property management offers the power to change lives. What, tell me about that. 
even though I've kind of gone back more over to the sales background um, at the moment, I I still think property management will take over the industry. Do you? I okay. yes. Um, but the way it changes lives is selling a house changes lives. As it, it does everything about real estate does. But to be able to give someone that first secure start to build themselves a home and get their a roof over their head. Um, my favorite part about when I was in property management was the first routine inspections when you'd get to finally go and see them turn uh, just a someone's investment property that you know they might not even think twice of into a home. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well I guess that goes back to your your challenges to find somewhere to live right back in your early days. So I guess that does make a lot of sense. What um what advice would you give your younger self? Oh gosh, that's a good one. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. There was multiple times where I wanted to give up, but I think I'm definitely grateful that I've changed my mindset and I am the way I am now. Um, I couldn't imagine where I'd be if I started any younger, but no. just to just to always look at the positive and just to keep pushing. Yeah, absolutely. And key takeaways: If to somebody starting out from the um, in the real estate industry today, what are your what, what, what advice would you give them? They need to have resilience. Yeah, massively. And it's not something in high supply for, you know, some of the younger generation, I've got to be honest. No, it's um, if you want it, you've got, you've got to hang in there. It's not the easiest job, um, but it's rewarding and it's worth it. And you've just, yeah, resilience for sure with real estate. Definitely. Well, um, I think you'd make an awesome mentor yourself, quite frankly. Um, it's been an absolute delight to spend some time getting to know you a little bit better. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. And um, yeah, good luck. I hope uh, I hope we cross paths at um, at Eric or an event when when we're allowed to have events again. Um, yes, we'll definitely have a wine. That's for sure. Oh yes, we will. All right, you take care. You too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.